0: Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth audio podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're tuning back in with me for another episode. Um, If you're wondering where I've been the past couple weeks, I haven't given up on the podcast. It's just um, I wasn't home. I had the opportunity to go to Long Island, New York, and uh, I had the invitation and opportunity from a pastor there by the name of Kevin McGinnis, who's uh, known my family for a long time, him and his wife, Olga, pastor a great church in Long Island. Holtzville, uh, New York, called Jesus His Lord Church, and they invited me to help them with their um, tent that they've put out. You know, they um, have restriction, restrictions in New York that don't allow them to be in the building, and so we were meeting in the tent, and so they asked me if I could help, you know, preach some, and then also what I was doing, the main thing that I was doing was in the daytime, me and an, another evangelist that was there by the name of Miss Deborah George, who's a great evangelist. Um, we were leading soul winning teams during the days and uh, at night if there wasn't service in the tent. And so for 12 days, a team of about 10 of us, I would say, would go out twice a day and we'd witness and, and bring the gospel to people. And uh, very quickly, I'll share a couple of testimonies from that. But... Um, The biggest testimony is that we had the ability to pray for over 980 people. 980 people, I think at least, I think it was even over that, allowed us to pray for them. And um, even better, 400 and I believe 95 prayed the prayer of salvation with us and allowed us to uh, pray the sinner's prayer with them, and they were saved and they confessed Jesus as Lord. So that was so awesome to see, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, over, over a thousand people that we ministered to. And, um, it was awesome to see that people, you know, don't ever let people give you this idea in your head that right now it's better just to stay at home and sit on your hands and do nothing as the body of Christ. That's not true. People are hungry. And especially now people are hungry. People need the God that you serve. People need what's on the inside of you. So don't be intimidated. Don't feel like what you have is not needed. It's needed more than ever. And people are hungry to receive uh, the Holy Spirit and the things that you have the ability to give. And uh, I'll very quickly just tell you one testimony uh, of a man that I met during that time of outreach and soul winning. Uh, His name was Luis. He was a Spanish man. And I met him on the first day of us going out and doing those outreaches and um, he was homeless, and uh, we met him. Um, we, we just went to a liquor store. We, we, Miss Deborah George wants, likes to go to like the roughest areas of the city that, that you're in, and so we went to this liquor store, this like you know, pretty run-down area, and uh, he was homeless, and, and I was just talking with him, I met him, and I asked him if I could pray for him, and he said, you know, you can pray for me, and he was pretty receptive, and I asked him what could I pray for him about, and he told me that he was homeless and that he fell into drugs and he lost pretty much everything that he had. So he allowed me to pray with him for that specific need of finding a place to live. And so I prayed that with him and I come back the next day and this time Luis runs up to me and he has a big smile on his face. He gives me a big hug and he says, Preston, Preston, you'll never believe it, but uh, after you prayed and after you guys left, it, it couldn't have been more than an hour. Um, I got a call on my cell phone and, uh, a shelter down the street opened up a room for me and I had a place to sleep last night and they said I can stay as long as I want. So he was like, now I have a bed to sleep in and I have a pillow and I have a blanket and I have a, my own room to myself. And he was so thankful and he was like, and I believe that your prayers, uh, were the reason that that opportunity and that thing was open for me. And, um, I was so happy to hear this news, so I asked him again, I said, Luis, is there anything else I can pray with you about? You know, I asked him the same question, he said, yeah. Can you pray that I could get a job? He said, I lost my job because I fell into the drug addiction and things like that. Would you pray that I could find a good job? And I said, of course. So I prayed that with him. And I come back the next day, Luis is there again, and he runs up to me even faster this time. And he runs up to me, gives me an even bigger hug, holds me for longer, he's crying. And he says, Preston, Preston, and you'll never believe it, but my old boss uh, called me, and he found out I was staying at that shelter, and he offered me my old construction job, doing construction work, and he said, I start tomorrow. So he was like, I don't know what it is about your prayers, but your prayers have luck on them, (laughs) you know, unsaved people, they don't really know how to explain the anointing or the Spirit of God or things like that, so he just thought it was luck, you know. And so he got a job and he got a place to live. And so what happened was he grabbed me by the hand and he said, will you please pray for my friends? So he led me to a group of about five of his friends that were, you know, in the area that he was in where I met him. And uh, I was able to lead all six of them in the salvation prayer because of that connection with Luis and what God did for him. And so I wasn't finished there. I knew I had hooked Luis into you know, what I carried and, and, you know, that God is good and he does things for his people. And so I said, Luis, will you come to church with me tonight? I'd love for you to be under the tent tonight with me. And he said, of course, you know, he wanted, he wanted more of God. He was hungry now. God had done something for him and he was, he was hooked in. I'll just say that, you know? So he came to church with me that night and I had the ability to exhort for a portion of the service. And during my time, when I had the microphone, I felt to call him out and pray for him. And I had a word of knowledge over his life. And I said, Luis, Do you want to be set free from nicotine addiction? And he said, I do. You know, I never saw him smoke cigarettes, but I just felt to pray that specific thing for him. And when I prayed for him, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, afterwards, he was trying to explain it to me, you know, just what was that thing? It was almost like goosebumps, but it was like more intense, you know, or a warmth, you know, trying to explain the presence of God in any way he could. And it just made me so happy to know and see. And just that individual's life, that testimony of Luis, that God took him from a homeless man that had nothing and had lost everything, and God gave him a place to live. God gave him a job to make money. God got him in church and God filled him with his Holy Spirit. So it was a really, really powerful and wonderful time. And very quickly, before we get into today's topic of the podcast, I want to tell you one more quick testimony of. Uh, my time there in New York is, um, I had the opportunity to preach a young adult service that was uh, happening there on a Friday night, and uh, the ages of what, 20 to 40, but I think there were some younger than 20, and probably some older than 40, but it was intended for younger people. And um, I'm preaching, I'm preaching the word that I felt the Lord put on my heart for that night, and being just flowing in the Holy Spirit, and doing what the Lord was asking me to do. And so I get to the end of my preaching and I open up the altar for prayer. I do the altar call. And um, it was interesting because I didn't give an altar call for deliverance. I didn't give an altar call for people to be set free from addictions or bad habits or anything like that. But probably 15 young people came to the altar and the Spirit of God just broke out. You know, they're lifting their hands, you know, eyes closed, being in reverence to the Holy Spirit. People are weeping, crying. And then all of a sudden, I see all the young people. I would say that no one there at the altar was younger than 25 or older than 25. You know, 25 and younger. And I see all these young people reaching into their pockets and pulling things out. And I don't really know what's happening. I thought, I'm thinking maybe they're getting their phone or their keys or their wallet. Who knows what they're doing? You know, maybe hopefully hopefully not. But hopefully they're not getting a weapon to like hurt me or something. But I'm just I don't know what's going on. I see them reaching into their pockets, and what I see. Well, first I heard a sound and the sound was metal on metal, you know, like something hitting the floor, you know? Uh, And it was, they were pulling out cigarettes and they were pulling out lighters and they were pulling out vape pens and all these things that people that came to the altar were dealing with and were addicted to. And they were throwing them down on the altar and weeping in the presence of God. People were getting set free uh, by the Holy Ghost. And it was awesome. It was like, it blessed me so, so much to see that God will do everything he said he would do. He'll set you free if you're addicted and you have things that bind you. He'll give peace to your mind. He'll fill you with his Holy Spirit. He'll save your soul. He'll heal your body. God will do everything that his word says he could do. And I saw that firsthand in my time in New York, so I just wanted to share those quick testimonies with you. And I know we're already 10 minutes in, and I'm finally getting into the topic. But um, I wanted to share with you... Um, a portion. I'm not. I'm not going to go into the full thing that I preached uh, last night for our Wednesday night service, but I still feel this on my spirit, and I definitely feel like this is a great topic and subject matter for a podcast. And um, the subject is God's intention of never-ending increase. You know something about the Lord is that His plans and will for our life is never for us to be to reach like a climax or a peak you know, it reached some really good moment, a really good thing, and then your life is on this downward spiral, this downward descend, or you coast through your life. That's not the plan and the intention of God for you. God's intention for us is for us to always be on the up and up, always being promoted, always being advanced, always being taken to new levels in Him. That's God's intention for His people. The Bible says that We can go from strength to strength, from victory to victory, and from glory to glory. So as a Christian, never let someone convince you that life is a roller coaster and that as a Christian you have to deal with problems and that you'll have some good days and some bad days and some good weeks and some bad weeks, and that's just how life is, and God works in mysterious ways and things. No, that's not true. God wants us to have a good life of perpetual victory, dominion, and authority over the enemy and everything that's of this world. Our duty as Christians is to understand that fact of God's word and believe it to be true and then see the manifestation of that in our lives. And so today I'm going to give you three distinct points about this process that god works in our life of never-ending increase and i want to get uh go straight to number one which is thinking i want to deal firstly with your thoughts because the bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart so is he and then out of the abundance of your heart your mouth will speak so a lot of people think well it starts with believing, and it starts with the confession of your mouth. When really that's not true, because the Bible says, "As a man or woman thinketh, thinketh in his heart, or or her heart, um, so is that person. So is he. So is so is she." And and then, then it says, "Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak." So first thing you have to master as a Christian is your mind, the battlefield of your mind, your thoughts. What you dwell on, what you think about, what you allow to concern you, what you allow to encourage you or discourage you, winning the battle of your mind. So I want to go to Joshua chapter 14 because I want to show you a story about the right way of thinking. This is the story of Caleb receiving uh, his inheritance and Caleb asking for the mountain, if you remember this story. And it's in Joshua chapter 14, so just give me a second to um, find it in my Bible. Uh, Joshua chapter 14 in verse 6 begins this story. Listen to this. The Bible says, Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kinezite said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses the man of God in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord, my God. Understand and see that part. That even though there was people that did not pursue the word of the Lord that came, Caleb wholly followed the Lord as God. Verse nine, And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever. This is the word of the Lord for... The people of Israel, which includes Caleb, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10 And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said. Notice that's a word, said. These 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. I love that faith of Caleb. My strength now is as my strength was then, for war and for going and for coming. So now give me the mountain of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there, which were giants, with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord had said. So I want you to understand and see from that story And gain a lesson from the life of Caleb, that Caleb received a word, understand, when he was 40 years old, that was spoken by Moses, who was a prophet, and the Lord spoke through. And the word was that wherever the sole of your foot treads, you shall possess the land. That's the word given to Caleb and all of the people of Israel when he's 40 years old. And obviously, you know the story that because of the rebellion of the people of Israel and all of their complaining, they had to wait a lot longer to access the promised land than God intended. So 45 years pass, you know, and Caleb's still alive. He's 85 at the time of that story in Joshua 14. And the Bible says that Joshua's thinking never changed concerning the word that was given. That there were some people that turned from the word. There were some people that didn't believe the word was true. But Caleb wholly followed the Lord as God and believed the word that God had said. And the Bible says that because of that thought process that Caleb had of never swaying from the promise of God given to Moses. Never seeing that he was too old. You know, he didn't allow the, the earthly circumstance and the natural circumstance of his old age Deter him from accessing and possessing his promise. Because what did he say? He said, My strength now is as my strength was then. He said, I haven't lost one ounce of strength. I might have been in the prime of my life 45 years ago, I might have been in the natural realm stronger. But he said, My thinking will not change based on circumstance because I believe the word of the Lord and I believe I will access the promise. That's the kind of mindset and the kind of thinking that we should have as believers. That even if, you know, for instance, let's say this, Caleb had a much easier way of believing that promise at 40 because he could access the promise in his flesh. He could fight better. He could do things more, maybe more effectively in the natural realm because of his age at that time. So it took way more faith to believe that that promise was still true and active when he was 85. Because obviously when you're 85, you're, you're an older man. And this isn't during the time of like early Genesis when people are living to like 900. People are limited to like 120 years old. So 85 is old, you know, it's the same as how it would be like today. So, it took a lot of faith for Caleb to believe that that promise was still for him, even though he was old in age and advanced in years. That's the thought process that the believer should have. He believed in the word given to Moses by God despite natural circumstance. I'm reading what I've written here. This is why the enemy in the world is after your mind. So, let me deal with this because this is why everything in life is competing for your attention. This is why news media and social media and TV and video games and uh, girlfriends and boyfriends and blo- who, whatever it is that's competing for your attention and vying for your eyes and vying to fill your mind with whatever they want to fill, there's a reason why the devil is after your thoughts because he understands that as you think in your heart, so will you become. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So this is why the enemy is always after our generation's thoughts. He's after how we perceive and how we think. Because the Bible says, whatever is pure, you know that verse in Philippians 4, whatever is lovely, whatever is holy, whatever is worthy of honor and praise, think. Think, think, think on these things. That's why God's also after our thoughts. That's because that verse is all about. So understand in life that there's this competition and this war for your thoughts. That there's God thoughts, there's demonic thoughts, and then there's human thoughts. But remember what God said. In the book of Isaiah, to the prophet Isaiah, what did he say? He said, my thoughts are what? They're not like your thoughts, nor are my ways like your ways. So as a Christian, we have a responsibility and the duty and God instructs us to do this, to make our mind like the mind of Christ. The Bible says we can have the mind of Christ, and there's a reason for it, because once you master your mind, you've accomplished the first step in seeing the promises of God fulfilled in your life. So listen to this. Maybe the reason you haven't seen what God wants for you in your life is because you traded God's thoughts about you and your future for the thoughts of man. You know, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. But what are the words of the world? The words of the world are death and doubt and destruction and something's always wrong and there's always some natural disaster that's gonna come destroy us. There's always some political issue. There's always some you know, conflict going on in the world. There's always bad news. But I came to remind you that the gospel is good news, that God came to give us his thoughts of a good future and a good plan and a hope the Bible says that um, in Romans 3, chapter 4, this is the word of Paul, he said, let God be true and let every man be a liar. So here's what I want to understand, that even though the word of the world might be negative all the time, even though the word of the world might be something of doom and gloom and destruction and peril, God says, I will be true and every man shall be a liar. The Bible says in Numbers 23, verse 17, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the Son of Man that he should change his mind. The Bible says in James 1:17 that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, for whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. The Bible says in Hebrews, it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, And forever. So I want to remind you today that the word of the Lord is final. The Bible says the word of the Lord endures forever. So God's word and will for your life, what God wants for us is final. In no earthly circumstance, nothing that's in the natural realm can deter or destroy the word that God has given to us, but his word shall endure. And the Bible says in Isaiah, his word shall accomplish everything that it was sent to do. So I want you to get this in your spirit, that if God said something, it will come to pass in Jesus' name, and no earthly circumstance or word of men can stop it, amen? That's the first point of what I want to give you tonight or today, whenever you're listening whether time, is that the first step to accessing the promise of God in your life is mastering your mind. It's mastering how you think, and it's mastering how you perceive, and then also guarding what you allow to fill your thoughts and your mind. And then I want to give you number two. Number two is believing. Number two is believing. Believing is the second step to the promise. And for this, I'm want i going to go to Matthew chapter 8. If you have a Bible while you're listening, I'm going to give you a chance to turn there while I turn there. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, because I want to tell you and give you the story of the faith of the centurion man. Because this so perfectly depicts uh, the believing aspect of the promise of God. Because the faith of the centurion, man, was great, the Bible says, and impressed Jesus. So listen to this, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. The Bible says, when he had entered Capernaum, that's Jesus, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him. Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, listen to this, it's very, very powerful. Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say what? The word, the word. And my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to one servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, notice it's hearing. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. And then I'm going to skip down to verse 13. Into the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you. This is what Jesus, listen to this. As you have believed, as you have believed, let it be done unto you. And the servant was healed at that very moment. I want you to see from this story in the second point of this podcast, which is believing of how to access the promise of God, that Jesus said, the thing shall be done to you as you have believed belief is what unlocks god's promise god has so much in store for the world god has so much he wants to give you know the bible says that god is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance but you cannot access the son and the blessing and the freedom from sin in the blood of jesus if you don't believe in your heart that he's lord and confess with your mouth that he was raised from the dead. So there has to be a belief in what God has made available for it to become accessible to you. That's a powerful thing to realize by revelation. That even though truth is available to all people who believe, only those that believe can access the things that God has made available to us. The Bible says this. It says that death and life are in the power of your what? Your tongue. Your tongue. And the Bible also says this by your words you are justified, and by your words you are condemned. So get this, thinking is not enough. It was my first point, but it's not the final thing. Thinking is where it begins, but it must stem and get into your heart to the point of believing and then confessing and speaking with your mouth. Thinking is not enough. Right thinking needs right words. Because why? You will have what you say. A great preacher once said that your future is in your mouth and that can either be a bad future or a good future, depending upon the words that are coming out from your mouth. But people make the mistake, and this applies to Christians too, where only th- the only thing they speak and only thing they talk about is negative. It's always full of doubt. Their words are always full of criticism. Their words are always negative. They're always d- destructive, and they tear people down, and they speak death over their own life, their own family, and their own future. And then they wonder why things that, things don't go their way and why things aren't going the way they thought it's because they've killed their destiny with a bad word and false words and negative words and critical words and destructive words that they've spoken over and over and over again until that thing came to pass because this principle applies whether you want it to be good or evil your life will be determined by the words that you speak bible says proverbs 4 23 i'll say it again Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Why does it determine the course of your life? Because the Bible also says, I'll quote it again, out of the abundance of your what? Your heart. Your mouth will speak. So if you don't guard your heart, you aren't guarding your confession. And if you don't guard your confession, you aren't guarding your destiny. So you have to understand that today. That thinking is not enough, but my right thinking needs right words. Paul said this. He said, "Do not allow idle what? Words. Do not allow idle words to come out of your mouth. What's an idle word? I looked up a description of it and some things that describe it. An idle word is a non-working, non-building word without life. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. I want you to understand today, That even though things might go wrong in the world, even though things might be negative in the world, there is nothing that Jesus cannot bring to you by the word of life and the word of the spirit that he wants to impart and give to you. Because God has the intention of never ending increase for your life. But a person's words are the indicators of their future. That's why it says, guard your heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, you don't guard your mouth. And if you don't guard your mouth, your mouth will take you out. Why do I say that? Because the Bible also says in James, James said, your tongue is a fire. It's an unruly part of your body and who can tame it. So the Bible says, if you don't get a grasp and a control over your tongue, it will burn your life to the ground. You have to understand that fire is not evil. Fire does not have bad intentions. Fire, it depends upon upon the user. A user can use the fire for good things or for evil things. A fire can either be used to be in your house and your fireplace and warm you and give you life and cook food and do all sorts of good things, or a fire in the wrong place can burn things to the ground. So the Bible says your tongue is a fire. So depending upon the words that you speak, it will determine what the action and the course of your words do. But I choose and I want you to choose today to speak a word of life and a word of the spirit just like Jesus did. I want you to understand today that you can believe the report of the Lord over the report of the enemy and that what words you allow to take root in your heart is what will determine your future. But I want to tell you today that tomorrow will be more, and that your best days are yet to come. But it must come into alignment with God's Word, and your confession must come into alignment with God's Word. I want to speak the words that God has spoken. You know, I love Jesus because, you know, you read that, I think it's John 14, but Jesus said, You know, the disciples said, can you show us the Father? And Jesus said, how can you say, show us the Father? For Jesus said, I don't even say a thing unless the Father permits me to say it. And I don't do a thing unless I've seen my Father do it. So Jesus said, how can you say, show me the father when I'm a perfect reflection of my father? And that's how I want to be. I don't want to speak things from my own mind of what I think is right or what I, my opinion. No, my life will be grounded and built upon the word of God. For the Bible says that a wise man built his house upon the rock of the word of God, that when the winds and the waves came of life, that the house did not break or budge or move one inch because he built his house on a rock in a sure foundation. But what are people doing in the world today? They're building their life upon the sand. What's the sand? The sand is your emotions. The sand is your soulless realm. The sand is your flesh. The sand is the spirit of the world that is constantly rocking and reeling, that is constantly in distress and trouble and turmoil and chaos and destruction and pain. The sand is what this world wants you to believe, but I choose to build my life upon the rock for Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the word of God who I want to build my life upon, and I hope you do too. The Bible says that you can have what you say, so your confession must come into alignment with the word of God. I want to help you today because for every evil plan of the enemy, for every negative thing that's going on in our world, for everything that's trying to take your attention off of the God God that you know loves you and wants to give you good things, for every evil plan of the enemy, God has two good plans that make his plan look like it was drawn on a... Red Lobster Kids Menu with Crayola Crayons, you know? God has plans that are way more advanced, way better than the enemy. He's an all-knowing God. He's a sufficient God. He's a just God. And his plan will supersede the plan of the enemy, no matter how bad it might seem right now. But get this in your spirit, that for every idle, non-working word, put a good, life-giving word in your mouth. For every idle, non-working word that's in the mouth of your friends or people you you'd allow to speak to you, you need to cut yourself off from them and get a good life-giving word in your mouth. That's how you're going to see the change come in your life, and that's how you'll see the goodness of God manifest in everything that you do. And that leads me to my third point, which is exactly that, manifesting. So I dealt with first your mind, I dealt with your thought process, I dealt with how you think, what you allow to fill your, your mind and your ears and what causes you to think, and then I went into believing in the confession of your words. But here's the greatest part, the manifesting. This is the fulfillment of the promise, or the fulfillment of the word. I'm going to turn for this uh, point to First Kings chapter 18. So again, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there very quickly, First Kings chapter 18. Uh, This is the story, if I can find it, this is the story of, you know, the cloud of the size of the man's hand. I'm sure you've heard that, but I want you to see some revelation from this story today because it's a wonderful, wonderful story. It's a powerful story, and uh, this perfectly uh, depicts and illustrates the third point of this podcast today, which is the manifesting in the fulfillment of God's word and promise on your life. Uh, First Kings chapter 18, verse 41 says this, And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the rushing of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the mount, went up to the top of Mount Carmel. And he bowed himself down on the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. There's the doubt. There's, you know, for every time that God gives you a word, this is, there's going to be this person that tells you that it's not happening. And I'm sure he was telling the truth. But I just want you to understand that for every word that God gives you in your life, there's going to be people that are going to try to discourage you and tell you that it's not possible, tell you that it's unrealistic, tell you that you should just give up and get some job you don't like and that your dream will never happen and blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. Those people are sent from the devil. Those people are liars. God will do what he promised he would do for you, and nothing can stop it in Jesus' name. So he said, there's nothing. He goes out, he checks, there's nothing. And he said, go again. I love that from Elijah. Go again seven times. So the Bible says that they had this exchange seven times in a row that Elijah would pray, He would tell his servant, go and look to see if there's anything going on in the sky, if there's a cloud. Comes back, there's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. But what does Elijah do? Does he get discouraged? Does he become full of doubt and unbelief and be like, well, I guess the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I guess he's just not going to come through this time. And I guess... He just chooses to bless some and to others he gives little and I guess he chooses to heal some and I guess he chooses to let others be sick. No, 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 no. What did he do? He confessed the word again over and over and over again until finally on the seventh time. What does it say? Verse 44. And at the seventh time he said, behold, a little cloud like a man's hand is rising from the sea. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. I love that because in two verses, it went from there being nothing in the sky to Elijah having to warn the king that he has to get on his chariot and hurry up because the rain's going to come so strong that it's going to flood him out. I love how quickly that changed because of the faith that Elijah had. Verse 45. Verse 45. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, (laughs) and there was a great rain, great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, hallelujah. And he gathered up his garment and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I love this story because I love the faith of Elijah, That even though in the beginning, the servant comes back, oh, there's nothing. I don't see much, you know. He doesn't get discouraged. He doesn't become downcast and depressed and full of doubt and unbelief. But he says, go again, go again, go again. Why? Because Elijah believed the rapport and the word of the Lord. That will be your story in Jesus' name. That it doesn't matter how many times you have to confess and speak the word that you know and believe in your heart, it will manifest in Jesus' name. That even if there's nothing in the sky right now, or even if it looks like a small cloud like the size of a man's hand, the Bible says that one day those clouds will be black and full of rain and fill the, the entire sky. And the flood and the sound and the rushing mighty rain is coming. Your promise and your manifestation of your miracle is on the way. I don't care what. What it looks like right now, keep confessing, keep believing, keep knowing, and have the assurance in your heart that God will do exactly what He said to do. You know, don't be a modern-day Christian, don't be a millennial Christian that prays one time and then when you that you get the report back and the word back that there's nothing, you give up and you get full of you know depression and, and sadness. No, that's not going to be you. You're going to stay, stay on faith. You're going to stay in faith. You're going to stay on fire. You're going to stay confessing the word that God gave you, and it will come to pass, and it will fill the sky, and it will blow your mind. I love that, and I love how the Bible says that the hand of the Lord continued to be upon Elijah. You know a key to maintaining God's favor and hand upon your life? Living and walking by faith. Why? Because the Bible says this. It says, without faith. It is impossible to please God. For those that come to God must believe that he is first and then must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Don't let anyone ever convince you that you're selfish and you're full of pride and you're self-centered for seeking a reward from the Lord. The Bible says that you can't even please God without believing that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I don't know about you today, but I believe that my God is a rewarder of me that diligently seek him. And I'll make it personal. I'll say, I'll put my name in a verse. I'll say that Preston is the head and not the tail above and not beneath because I am because I have accepted. Jesus Christ I am a joint heir with Christ where the Bible says in Galatians 4 we are worthy to receive the inheritance of Christ that we are co-heirs with Christ that the Bible says in Ephesians that we are raised and seated with Christ Jesus and then in 1 John it says that as christ is so are we in the world you know you don't have to wait until you get to heaven for things to be right in your life you don't have to wait until heaven to see good things in your life and to be provided for and to be healed and to be set free from oppression and depression in your mind the purpose of the word of god is to bring heaven to earth when jesus prayed in matthew 6 he said what father let your will be done on earth Just as it is in heaven. And I want to remind you today that heaven is not full of disease. Heaven is not full of handicapped parking spaces and people that can't pay their bills and people that are disappointed and frustrated and confused. Heaven is God's established will forever. God's will is perfect in heaven. And God's will in heaven is perfect. And so if there's no sick people in heaven, then that means that's God's will for me on the earth. If there's no poor people in heaven, that means it's not God's will for me to be poor on the earth earth, but I will bring heaven down to this earth and I will be a blessing to my generation. My story and your story will be that we will cling to faith. We will stick with faith. We will not turn to the left and to the right and be swayed and be intimidated. But your story will be like this you'll be like the woman with the issue of blood that you spent all you had you gave all you had to the world so that so they could solve your problem and they could not do anything to help you in fact that you've grown worse even as you've tried to go the way of the world but you'll have the faith of that woman with the issue of blood that the bible says that even though great crowds were pressing in on jesus even though there are probably a lot of important people there that day people you know Legislators and officers, and people in law and and the government, and people probably high up in religious. You know, circles, people that were important, quote unquote, and they were all gathered around Jesus, taking his attention. I want to be like that woman with the issue of blood that says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. That no matter what's going on, no matter I've lost everything, but if I can just get to Jesus, if I can just grab a hold of the word, I know that my issue would be healed and I would be set free forever. And God, I, guys, I want to tell you today, that whatever it is that you're dreaming, whatever it is that you know God has given you a word and a promise to obtain, you will obtain it in Jesus' mighty name. And no religious devil, no enemy, no blockage, and no obstacle is going to stop you from accessing the promise of God. So just in conclusion, I want to give you those three points again. Number one, the first step is your thinking, how you think, your thoughts, how you, you know, what you allow to dwell in your mind. That translates into your heart, into what you believe. Your belief becomes the abundance of your heart and then your mouth speaks. When your mouth speaks, you'll have what you say. Your words bring things into realization and manifestation. And that's number three, the manifesting, the manifestation of God's promise, the fulfillment of the word. Here's a very quick uh, quote I can give you that will help you understand pretty much the entire podcast of this episode and this thought is this. If I think something, then I'll believe something. Then I'll say something, and then I shall have the thing that I say. I'll say that one more time. I'll say it this way, though. If I think it, then I believe it, then I'll say it, and then I shall have it. That is the process of the promise of God. God is not wanting you to live in disappointment and frustration of the things he wants to give you he wants you to live in faith and access by these steps the things that he wants to give you i love you today i'm so glad you tuned in i'm so glad you came back for another episode i'm believing that these will grow i'm believing that more people will tune in please share these with a friend if you believe that they could help someone you know and um i just want to give you an update on like the ministry is that um I'm going to be going to Texas next month. I'm going to go into North Carolina next month. And there's things going to be getting ready to happen. I'm going to be promoting that on my social media. And I'm also in the works of making a ministry website, you know, a place for people to connect with me and my ministry, you know, partner and, and give and uh, see preaching clips. And I'll have a blog on there and I'll have materials for people to, that will help them. And so I'm in the process of doing that. And uh, I really want to thank you guys because you guys have blessed me so much. And uh, I'm so happy and I'm so fulfilled doing just this, you know, fulfilling the call of God in my life. And uh, I believe that God will do the same for you, that whatever it is you're dreaming, whatever it is that you feel God has called you to do, doesn't matter if you're not 40 yet, doesn't matter, you know, where you are, who your parents are, or how old you are. God will do what he said if you live by faith and believe and confess his word on a daily basis. I'll leave you with this final thought from the life of Moses, but I don't know if you can hear that jet. Maybe you (laughs) can't. Virginia Beach jets fly over us all the time. Hope hope that didn't bother you uh, or you didn't hear it. But um, I'll leave you with this. The Bible says that God spoke to Moses and he said, Moses, meditate upon my law day and night. Let it never depart and leave your heart and let it continually be on your lips and then you will have great success. That is... Like one of the most powerful words from the Bible, I love that so much that God said, "If you can, if you present your my words before your eyes, if you allow it to continually be on your lips and always in your heart, you will always find great success in your life." Don't allow things to replace God's word. Don't put Fox News and CNN and social media, and things before your eyes more than you put the word of God before your eyes. Don't allow negative words to be on your tongue more than the word that God has given you and the word that God has written to us. Allow the word of God to be your everything, to be your daily bread, to be before your eyes, in your heart, and on your lips, and on your mouth. Let that be the testimony of your life, that you are a man and a woman of the word. Because what, the John 1, 1, in the beginning was what? The Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. I want to be close to the Word because I know that God is His Word. And that the Word will bring every promise that I need to pass if I believe it in Jesus' name. Well, I love you. I hope this podcast blessed you. I hope um, you got your daily dose of, of the Holy Ghost and good teaching. And uh, I want to see you next time. Uh, I'll be home until about mid-July. So I'm definitely going to do a podcast next Friday. So be sure to be around for that. And I love you. And I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.